Wonderful. Good morning, church. Good to see you all today. Wow. I just want to say to our young people, there's a number of you who are completing school and are about to go into new job situations or who are moving away from here for jobs in other places. I really want to encourage you young people, whenever you're making a move, Come and speak to us. Tell us about it. We want to pray for you and bless you when you move away. Because this is your home. This is your family. And even when you go far away, you're still a part of us. You're still in our hearts. And there's nothing that brings us greater joy than knowing when you succeed. So we want to bless you and release you with our blessings whenever you go. So I'm just saying that I know there's a number of you who are going away for college and university. And you're going for a few years. We, you're still a part of us. This is still your home, okay? And don't think that just because you leave, that's it. That's over with. We're family. We belong together. And we have a lot of young people, actually, who study and work in other places, but they come home and come once in a while. And seasons, times in our lives change. And maybe, who knows, God will bring you back again to be a part of what God is doing in this place. All right, young people? Right, well... We are rounding up in our series today on Just Like Jesus. We've been doing a series called Just Like Jesus, and the title of our message today is Finishing Strong. Now, um, last night I received a video from my, my husband. He's down in Cape Town. There's, uh, for those of you who are not aware, uh, there's an old Africa motocross event. So different African countries are competing in motocross down in Cape Town. And Dale is representing Zambia. He's on the Zambia team. And, so I just want to show you a brief clip because we're talking about finishing strong. And Dale is the first one coming over the finish line on this uh, jump that we have here. Let's just dim the lights and play the video. Okay, so unfortunately we don't have the sound on. It's quite funny because he says, and here at the finish line, Dale hot, and then he starts laughing because Dale comes jumping over that finish line. Can we see it once more? You guys look for that bike and see how he finishes strong. Coming over that, there you go, that's Dale. Came in first place, he won top points, and this today, this morning, he's racing two more races, and uh, yeah, it's exciting. So I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> well, question for you this morning. Are you good? How good are you at finishing tasks? Do you have a lot of unfinished projects that you've abandoned somewhere along the line? Maybe dreams that you, you set out to accomplish but you kind of got sidetracked or derailed along the way? Because most people, they start well, right? Yeah, we start with all the enthusiasm in the world. We start so well. But you realize there are few people who also finish well, okay? And we want to learn from Jesus today. Because he's somebody who finished well. And because he finished well, we are empowered to do the same. So we want to learn from him today. Because he came here to earth with a clear goal. And he let nothing dissuade him. Nothing derail him. Or, or take his attention away from his goal. But he finished strong. And he wants each one of us to do the same. Amen? Yeah. Just like him. Well. For us to finish strong, it's important that we look at our character, okay? And there are a few elements that go together to make a strong, 
Christian character. If one of these elements are lacking in your life, you won't achieve the success that you are looking for. It's like baking a cake. If one of the key ingredients is missing, the cake is going to flop. Look at that beautiful cake we got there. Wow. Right? Remember, early birds get a free piece of cake. Okay? Don't forget that one. Let's be in at 8.15 on Sunday. But yeah, to bake a beautiful, yummy cake, for it to work out, you need all the ingredients. Because if some of the essential ones are missing, your cake is going to flop. And it's the same with your character as a Christian. One essential character trait that you need to succeed is endurance or perseverance. Those two words mean the same thing, and I'll be using them interchangeably today. Endurance and perseverance. They're talking about the same thing. Endurance is an essential element in a strong, successful Christian character. And unless we cultivate endurance, we can never expect to be truly successful Christians. So, we're going to learn about perseverance today. We're going to learn about endurance because this is an essential element. You need it in your life to be successful, okay? And I'm going to share quite a few scriptures, so here's a good chance for you to practice some endurance and stick with me, because this is such a burden on my heart that you grab hold of something today that will be birthed in your heart and will shift your paradigm so that you're living in the right way for you to finish strong, just as Jesus did. So we're going to begin by looking at Matthew 24, and this is a scripture where Jesus is sharing about what the world will look like at the end of time when Jesus is returning. And as we read it through, I want you just to think, just think in your mind how much this lines up with our contemporary culture, okay? We're not going to spend much time on it, but just check on this scripture. This is two, more than 2,000 years ago that Jesus said this, and yet he is speaking like he's reading the newspaper for today, okay? So it says here in Matthew 24, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations. For my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Did you hear those last words? He who endures to the end shall be saved. Now this scripture is not a pleasant picture that it's drawing for us, okay? There's lots of evil in the end time. There's lots of things that aren't very great. And a lot of us, when we read the Bible, we kind of like to skip over those bad ones because we don't like to think about it too much. But I love the fact that Jesus doesn't want to pull the wool over our eyes. He wants to tell the truth as it is. Why? Because he wants you and I to finish strong. And if he doesn't tell you the way it is and prepare you to say, look, guys, it's going to be rough, okay? Then you won't be prepared for it. And when it comes, the first storm that comes, it's going to knock you over, and then you're not going to finish strong. And God wants you to endure to the end. So the essential key to survival and success is found right here in this scripture. It's to the one who endures, right? So how many agree with me this morning? We need this character trait of endurance in our lives, right? We need it to get through, to finish strong. So how can we cultivate perseverance? How can we do this? Well, 
Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. It says, since, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us. Alright, well the scripture says here that we glory in our sufferings. And another translation says we rejoice in our sufferings. That is not because sufferings are fun, okay? I don't think I know anybody who uh, enjoys suffering, okay? So it's not the suffering that makes us rejoice, but because we know that the outcome of the suffering is going to bring about something good in our life, okay? The scripture is talking about suffering and what it produces. It produces perseverance. Let's see the next slide. Suffering produces perseverance. And the result is perseverance produces character, the character that you need to succeed. And the last point is hope. You get filled with this steady optimism that helps you to stay strong through everything. And the scripture went on to say, that this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. Okay, so I want to talk to you about um, why uh, suffering is so important, okay? Why is it so important? Well, if we look at um, a pot of clay, the way we mold, can you see that picture? Can you dim the light a little bit so that they can see the potter? See this potter here? He is molding clay. He's making a clay pot, okay? The Bible actually speaks of us, that we're like earthen jars that are filled with this beautiful treasure of God inside of us. But when you mold clay, if it is not first baked in a hot furnace, it will not be able to contain fluid. It becomes, uh, it, it stays porous. So if you have a clay pot, even though it's dry, if it hasn't been cured in the hot, hot fire, the furnace, and made hard, then it still pours. And when you pour a liquid in, it starts leaking out, okay? But when you burn it in the fire, it becomes strong and solid, okay? And then it can hold anything. Now, the fire that makes you and I is suffering. And that's why we glory in suffering, because we know it produces that perseverance in us and that character. It makes us strong so that we can contain the fullness of God, so that we can contain the glory of God, the love of God, and that we can be everything that he wants us to be. So this is worthwhile, guys. This suffering in itself is not great, but what it produces is and so we rejoice in that. James chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. In this scripture, the one we just looked at before, that was Paul. Paul's telling us about this. And I want to show you that James says exactly the same thing. In James 2, verse 1 to 4, he says the same. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, okay? Can you see that? So you know it produces something good in you. That's why we rejoice. 
that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So James is repeating to us what Paul was just saying before, and they were saying that trials plus testing equals perseverance, all right? You need the trials, you need the testings, you need the suffering because it produces perseverance. And when you have perseverance, the result will be that you're going to be mature, complete, and not lacking in anything. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture? Wouldn't we all like to be mature and complete, not lacking in anything? Isn't that a wonderful place to be where you're not lacking anything, but you're complete? But you can't reach that end result if you don't go through here, the tests and trials. All right? So this is why we have to consider it pure joy. Are we going to change our attitudes to our trials? Yeah, we need to, guys, because our attitude means so much. Whether you get through it successfully and you become everything that God wants you to be has so much to do with our attitude towards the trials, the testings, and the temptations, the suffering, the, the persecution, all of those things. I'm going to share scripture with you from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. It says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So this scripture is saying that, you know, God is not unjust. He sees all the work that you've done, you've done and he will reward you for it. But your past faithfulness is not enough. So where you're standing today, if you look at where you're coming from and saying, well, I serve God faithfully. I've done this and I've done that. Great. Well done. God is going to reward you for that. But it's not enough. The scripture goes on to say, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end. Okay? Not to give up. Not to slow down. But to show this same diligence to the very end. So that your hope may be fully realized. Okay? You, you, we all stand in a place where we can lose that hope, we can lose that salvation if we give up and turn back and we don't want to be amongst those. Then it says, we do not want you to become lazy. How many of you know that laziness is a sin? Hey, we have in our minds, the Bible doesn't have this, but we do, we have this category of what's bad sins, you know, murder is terrible and, and there's other things like maybe stealing and, and Maybe fornication or those kind of, there's some things that are really bad. But laziness, do we really see laziness as a sin? And yet the Bible says it is. And it says, be diligent. Don't be lazy. Why? Because we get lazy. You're not going to win a race that way. Alright? You're not going to fight a battle and win it that way. You're not going to finish strong if you're lazy. But imitate those. Alright? who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So in order for us to inherit God's promises, we need not only faith, we also need patience. Okay? Faith 
and patience. Patience is the same as endurance and perseverance. Share another scripture with you from Hebrews chapter 10. This is 35 to 39. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And by my righteousness, what? Sorry, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we, we guys, do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So the Bible is encouraging us this morning, don't throw away your confidence. You start well. Don't throw it away. Don't give up along the way. The reward comes to those who persevere. All right? There's a gap between obeying and receiving the promise. All right? There's this gap. And that gap for you to get from obedience and faith to receiving the promise, this gap in between is called patience, endurance, uh, perseverance, okay? So perseverance is needed to obtain the promises of God. And let's remember that there's a final reward ahead. God's got a reward for you waiting if you hold on diligently to the end. So there's two choices that we have in this scripture. There's the choice to persevere or the choice to shrink back. And the Bible says here that those who shrink back are destroyed, but those who hold on and persevere to the end will obtain the reward. So the Bible says here, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. Are we part of those who are going to finish strong? Amen. Good. We're not part of those who shrink back, but those who have faith and are saved. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. This is a very well-known scripture, but so beautiful and so appropriate today. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with what? With perseverance. Can I hear that? Perseverance. Let's run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're called to run with perseverance. And friends, this race that we're being called to run in, it's a marathon. It's a long race. Some people start off on the, on, on the start line, and they're full of energy, and they sprint like crazy, and you get around the corner, and they're already panting, and they still got 20 kilometers ahead of them. We need to pace ourselves, guys. We need to pace ourselves so that we finish strong. It's not a 100-meter dash, guys. It's a marathon. We need to pace ourselves. We need to grow strong and persevere. Hallelujah. It says that a runner, see here where it is. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's easily entangles. You know when a runner is going to run, he doesn't carry a big heavy backpack. He doesn't carry change and 
keys in his pockets and his iPhone and all these kind of things because they weigh him down. And if he's going to run long, he's going to get exhausted. So he strips down to the absolute essentials, okay, so that he can run well. And we need to do the same thing. You know, there are things in our life that may not be sin, but they weigh us down. They make us slow. We need to lay those aside so we can run with perseverance, okay? And then it says this sin that's so easily entangled. It's like ropes. It's like things that are tied around. How many of us can run well when you've got these ropes and things around our feet? We can't. We need to get rid of that sin so we can run this race and finish. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about two different categories, two different types of tests that we meet. Because... Some of us are aware that the things that are hard are, 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 are difficult, that there's a test when things are too hard. We know that. But we don't realize oftentimes that the tests also come in the form of things being too easy. And I want to remind you of the scripture this morning, the parable that Jesus told about the sower. And this is found in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. Jesus was talking about a sower similar to this guy who was sowing seed. And there was a large crowd that was gathered, people coming to Jesus from town after town. And he told them this story about a farmer who went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Okay, so we got four categories that Jesus is talking about people here, all right? Now, Jesus didn't explain what the parable meant. He just told the story to the crowds. But later on, when he was together with disciples in the evening, and they asked him, and he talked to them, and he said, guys, let me explain to you what this parable means. The seed is the word of God. And the seed that fell along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes, just like the birds, and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. So there's some people who hear the word of God, but it just goes in one ear and out the other, and that doesn't change them at all. Okay, but now we're coming to the two categories that I want to focus on. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. And when they hear it, when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. All right, there's times of testing that come. And these people didn't feel finish well, they didn't finish strong, they fell away. And then we got the third category, the seed that fell among thorns, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So we have these four categories. Now the guys where the soil fell 
where the seed fell on rocky soil. I wonder if this is one of you this morning. You received the word, but you're struggling to endure because of the tests and the trials, okay? You haven't understood the importance of endurance, and you're just feeling like giving up this morning because of the hard things. But then we have the people who the seed fell among the 40 places, and it says, life's worries, riches, and treasures. This is talking about people where things are going too well for them. This is also a test. And how many people fall into this trap? Because the riches and the pleasures and the worries, it's like, oh, what color nail polish should I wear? Should I have this color or this color? They have these kind of worries that are absolutely non-essential. But they worry about things like what they wear and how to do their hair and all of these superficial things instead of worrying about the things that really matter. Okay? So these people are people whose life is too good. And many people think, that when they're going through tests and trials and life is difficult and they're suffering, they think, if just God will bless me. But what happens? God blesses you and you end up in this other category of the people among the thorns and suddenly life feels a bit better. You're getting a paycheck and you're able to eat good food and wow, then you just get caught up with the good things of life and that's just as much a danger as it is to be in the tests and trials, because both groups of people didn't finish strong. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Now, Matthew 13, 21, in Matthew, the same parable is told. And Jesus says in Matthew uh, 13, 21, he says, when trouble and persecution comes. He doesn't say if, all right? So, guys, I hate to break this to you, but life is full of trouble and persecution. There's no way around it. Jesus said it's coming. So don't be shocked and surprised when it hits you. But face it with the right attitude, with joy. Okay? Glory in it because you know it's building in your perseverance. Luke 17, verse 26 to 29 says, Just as it was, in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man when Jesus returns. People who are eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. Okay, so we've got a picture of God's judgment in the time of Noah. And another place in history where God's judgment fell, the time of Lot. It says in the same way, in the days of Lot, people were eating, drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So in both of these cases, in Noah's time and in Lot's time, when God's judgment fell upon earth, Jesus is comparing them to the time when Jesus is coming back again and his judgment will fall. And there were these things going on. Drinking, eating, marrying, buying, selling, planting, and building. How many of you know those are not sinful things? Hey? They're good things, all right? They're good things. 
things. But the problem is that they were too occupied with temporal things. I want you to grab hold of this today, friends. This is so important. Because we often think that we're not sinning, we're not doing wrong, because building and planting and eating and drinking, those aren't bad things. But the question is, are we getting so engrossed in these things that are temporal that we lose sight of the eternal? The eternal priority, giving more attention to the things of time than the things of eternity. And we need to ask ourselves that question this morning. Because the things of eternity are far more value and they're far more real than the things that are temporal. And if we allow the things that are temporal to take precedence over the things that are eternal, guys, we will not be ready when Jesus comes again. We will not finish strong. So go ahead and build. Go ahead and plant. But keep your priorities right. Put Jesus first in your life. Jesus warns us in Luke 21, 34. He says, be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. God does not want any of us to be in that position where the day closes suddenly on us like a trap. Jesus warns us to be careful and not to lose sight of the eternal. In Luke 8, verse 15, this is the end of the parable. It says, The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So how do we produce a crop? By persevering, right? Can I hear that? By persevering. Amen. You cannot produce a crop without perseverance. And a good, noble heart is cultivated by perseverance. So I'm going to give you four points briefly and quickly how to achieve perseverance. Number one, make a firm and reserved commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first one you need to have packed down. If you don't have this one, guys, you're not going to make it. Some people like to sit on the fence with one foot in one kingdom, one foot in the other kingdom. And you know, when it, 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 when it um, fits you, you'll be on the one side. And when it works best for you, you'll be on the other side. And you can switch roles whenever you, you like to. But if we want to finish strong, we want to make Jesus give him unreserved, make an unreserved commitment to him. We need to give him an unconditional yes. If you're wavering in your commitment, guys, you will not achieve endurance. So if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, today is your opportunity to say yes to him. And if you have said yes, but you haven't given him full control, you haven't given him unreservedly, unconditionally full control of your life, you need to do this for you to finish strong. Number two, keep your eyes on the unseen. This sounds like a contradiction. This Bible encourages us to do this, to keep our eyes on the unseen. In Hebrews 11, verse 27, it says, By faith, this is talking about Moses, okay? And it says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered 
because you saw him who is invisible. All right? This is a contradiction. He saw him who was invisible, the word of God says. But Moses was able to keep his focus. For 40 years he lived in the desert, but he kept his focus while he was there because he was seeing him who was unseen. So don't lose your faith. Don't lose your vision. Keep your eyes on the unseen world. How do we do that? It's so important for us to be in the Word of God because the Word of God is like a mirror and we can look into the unseen world. The reality of the unseen world becomes real to us when we look into the mirror of God's Word. So let the Word of God dwell richly in you because that is what gives you that awareness of living with, the etern with eternity in mind. Our time here on earth is so short, guys. Let's live it well. Let's finish strong so that in eternity, we don't have a lot of regrets. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So we look into, we get changed and transformed from glory to glory as we look into his word. And as we look there, that's where the unseen becomes real in our lives. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. Listen to this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Isn't that beautiful? Our troubles and trials might seem terrible, but the Bible calls them light and momentary because they're achieving something for us, an eternal glory that far outweighs every trouble, trial, persecution, tribulation you can ever pass through. It far outweighs it. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So here the Bible is encouraging us to fix our eyes on what is unseen, just like Moses did. He didn't lose sight. He kept his eyes fixed on God, fixed on Jesus. And in the same way, we got to do the same thing. Don't get so caught up in the things that are temporary, the things that are just a part of time. This earth will pass away, guys. In a few short years, it will all be gone. But what you've done for eternity, what you've invested in eternity is what's going to matter. Don't lose your vision for the eternal. Number three, don't give up even when you fall. Don't give up. None of us want to fall. Am I right? None of us want to fall. But we all do. We all fall. But Psalms 37, here's an encouragement to you this morning. Psalms 37, 23 and 24. It says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by his hand. Alright, so there are times that you, as a righteous man and woman, you stumble, you fall, but Jesus reaches 
reaches out and grabs you and he helps you up again. Isn't that a beautiful picture? God doesn't want you to give up. And even when you find yourself stumbling and you say, I'm trying and I keep messing up, I'm going to give up. No, don't give up. God wants to hold your hand and lift you up. There's another beautiful scripture that says in Proverbs 24, 16, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. What do they do? They rise again. What do they do? They rise again. Though they fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble and calamity strikes. There's a huge difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. The unrighteous can fall once and they never get up again. But you and me, we don't give up even when we fall. Don't rely on yourself, friends. Let's rely on His grace to see us through. And it's not about us being perfect. We can fall, but He's there to help you to succeed. But keep your eyes fixed on Jesus through it all. So how do we react when we fall? We get up. What do we do? We get up, guys. Don't give up. We get up. Number four, my last point. Remember the prize given. Jesus spoke often about the rewards for serving God. And we are encouraged as well to remember that there is a reward for us waiting there. And that should encourage us. Jesus speaks to one of the churches in Revelation and he says to them, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. Amen? Yeah, hold on to the end. I'm coming. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. All right? Dale did a lot of strict training before he went to race in Cape Town. They do, to, they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Okay? So here again, the Bible is comparing our life on earth like a race. And we need to run this race like we are going to win. Because there is a crown awaiting us when we come to the finish line. We're going to get a crown that lasts forever. Well, while Paul was in prison, he was an elderly man by now when he wrote the letters to, second, to, to Timothy. And he was actually awaiting execution when he was there in prison. And he wrote to Timothy, his disciple, in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. So not only Paul is going to be rewarded, each and every one of us that has longed for his appearance, that finish strong, that hold on to the end, will receive that crown and that reward. If you keep the faith, you have to fight. In order for you to keep the faith, you have to fight the good fight, just like Paul did. So here in life, there, there, there are battles to fight. Don't be surprised when the battle comes. 
For us to keep, if you want to keep the faith, you have to fight the good fight and finish the race. Christianity is a fight and it is a race. Be prepared to fight the good fight. In the natural, when Paul was writing this, he was facing trial and execution by a very corrupt, evil, unjust human judge. It was Nero, he was the emperor in Rome at that time. But Paul here, he was looking beyond that earthly court scene and the trial that he knew that he was gonna stand in and he looked to another day where he would stand before a just judge, the divine, absolutely just judge, who would give him a reward that was due to him. So friends, there is a day ahead where a crown is laid up for those of us who do not give up when we finish the race. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We want to be just like Jesus. Let's keep our focus on him. I want to invite you to stand this morning. We're going to respond to God's word this morning. If God has been ministering and speaking to your heart and challenging you in any area as I've been speaking, I want us to do business with God.